Let's talk to the Lord this morning. Maybe you got a need on your heart. You'd like to be remembered today as we pray. We just lift a hand to God and say, Jesus, I need you. Amen. He sees your, your request. He knows what you need. He's here to minister to you in a personal way. Father, as we bow before you today, we want to say, say thank you for your grace to us. That you promised to never leave us or forsake us and that you're right here with us even at the end of the world. We believe, Lord, we're at the end of the ages. You have certainly brought us to this moment in time. How we appreciate your grace, Lord. It's been grace that's, that's been poured out in every age. And Lord, we're here for our allotted portion of your grace as you pour out your spirit upon all flesh. We're asking that you would minister to hearts, Lord, in a very special way. If there's need of healing, may that you grant it. If there's need of salvation, oh God, may that they receive it today. It's been granted in the atonement. You paid for healing and salvation. And so, Lord, we're asking, dear God, that you'll just help us to reach and claim what belongs to us. Lord, because in doing so, as we stand up to receive our promise, we know that we're beset about on every side with every enemy that would try to assail against us. But we believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We believe that you're right here now, the present God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, Lord, I ask that you'll bring healing and deliverance for your children. Their hands raised up to you. Surely you saw their need, Lord. It's your personal God. You know our needs. Oh, God. Now, we ask, Lord, you'll bless the, the group that has that is gathered with the, with the saints over in Dallas-Fort Worth. Lord, oh, God, many of them are there today. As the word is, goes forth, we pray you'll touch their hearts and re- reveal yourself. Lord, actually, they're coming down to the close, maybe, of their meeting, and here we're starting ours. So may, Lord, at the close of their meeting, you just come down in a tremendous way and pour out your spirit. Oh, God, save those that are lost. Give a closer walk, Lord, to those that need one. We all need you, Jesus. I stand in need of you this morning, and I ask God for your grace, for your anointing upon us. But we surrender our lives now to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Man, good to have each one of you today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we welcome you. Amen. I am uh, happy to have the Martin family with us here too. I, I uh, heard that they had come in, so we're so glad to have them. Each one that is assembled with us today. May the Lord bless you in a very, very special way. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1 as we look into the word and praying that um, today that you will be blessed by the word as we read it together because in it lays exceeding great and precious promises that help us to become partakers of his divine nature. Amen. Isaiah 53 verse 1, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. 
He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we esteemed him not, and surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. May God bless you. You can be seated. We read this text last Sunday and spoke on who has believed our report. And uh, then again, Brother Timothy uh, read the same scripture Wednesday night, having been out of town, not knowing what I had ministered on, but um, again, he read that text, so, but we want to bring it back to your attention this morning as we look into the Word of God. And, and um, I, I think of, of things when we, when we look into the Scripture as we spoke last Sunday, who hath believed our report? We spoke about, you know, the report of the Lord and, and believe in his report. And that report is as... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we are healed. And so we, we saw again, uh, again that it was a dual atonement. That it was atonement not only for sin, but it was also for sickness. And so it is a dual atonement that was given. And I, I thought as um, we, uh, as this little quotation was brought to my attention this week from Perseverance, Brother Branham said, you don't accept your healing thinking that God will do it. Amen. You accept your healing because God has already done it. Amen. He's promised it and your faith says so and nothing else can wipe it out. Amen. So healing is accepted not on that, that God will do it, but rather that he's already done it. Actually, salvation is the same way. Salvation is not, will God save me? No, God, salvation is God has saved you. He paid the price of redemption 2,000 years ago. And you only at the, at the altar accept what God has already done for you. Amen. So, again, this is... It's not that he has to come down from heaven or have to come up from the grave, but it's already nigh us. It's the word of God that's even in our mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. And maybe maybe in the reports that you have heard, and we'll be speaking about some of this in, a, in later sermons, but maybe you have heard the report of, of what the doctors have said and you know, the doctors have done the best that they can with the knowledge that they have. And, and we certainly are not against going to doctors or against them taking medicine. It's off the tree of knowledge. Uh, and of course, with it comes good and with it comes evil um, because of the side effects that are given. And maybe, but like I said, maybe you have heard what the doctors have said and they have given you their report. But again, we come back to who has believed our report. 
Because, again, we have a check for that. We have a payment in full for our salvation and for our healing. Our healing is paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. And you, of course, endorse the check for your healing by confessing the promise of his word. And confessing is signing. You're endorsing the check is yours. And um, so, on the other hand, confessing pains and aches and diseases is like signing a package that the post office has delivered. And Satan then has the receipt, and your negative confession shows that you have accepted his package. Now, uh, again, you see, because of the laws of sin and death, because of Adam's fall and selling the human race out, um, it makes everything that sin and death brought to operate uh, to, uh, uh, to Satan sends a cancer and a, a man, your body recognizes it and receives it. Satan sends heartaches and we recognize it and we receive it. But when it comes, we don't have to accept it. And that's the whole thing. We don't have to accept it. Of course, we know the law of sin and death works within our bodies. We know that. But we don't have to accept anything that Satan sins. You see, you may say, well, now this is what the devil sent. But Jesus said, I don't have to receive it. You see, you don't accept anything sent by the devil, even though your five senses may testify that it has come to you. You look immediately in the word of God and you confess that. When you confess the word, it is your signature of your acceptance of his promise. So um, as Brother Branham would explain this, as he did many, many times, and um, for example, in the Accept God's Gift, he said that Jesus stands at his right hand with his blood there to make intercession on your confession. Just to refuse, just refuse to have the symptoms. Symptom is something like, say, tomorrow when you go home to your place, the express agent will come up and say, well, are you Miss Joe? Yeah, well, I've got a present for you. Well, what is it? And he hands you a, a basket or a box, and you hear something hidden in that box. And you look at it, and it's a big bunch of rattlesnakes. Well, you don't want them things. And you say, well, I don't want them. But they said, you're yours. Somebody sent them to you. And here's, the, here's your name. Here's the name. It's something uh, somebody sent those snakes to you. They're yours. You have to take them. Now, in one sense of the word, they're yours. But in another sense of the word, they're not. Somebody sent them to you. Now, we know who that somebody was. It was the devil. But they're not yours until you sign for them that you receive them. And when you sign, you sign, you receive them, then they're yours. But if you refuse to sign for them, he has to take them back to the express company. And the express company has to send them back to the one that sent them to you. Is that right? Well, don't sign for nothing the devil brought. No, sir, just refuse to have it. No, sir, just say, I haven't got it. I just haven't got it. Devil, you take it all back. That's all, all, I won't have it, refuse to have your sickness, your arthritis, whatever it is, I haven't got it, by his stripes I am healed. 
Stand there right on those grounds and confess it and believe it. Stay there. God will bring it to pass. No matter what it is, you just believe him. So now Satan might send it to you, but you don't have to receive it. And that's what we're talking about, his report. He might have given you a report, but you don't have to receive that report. God is right there to deliver you. His power, his arm of power of deliverance is only available though when it is believed. Notice who have believed our report. The one who believes his report, it is to him that the arm of the Lord will be revealed. So God is right there to deliver you and, and that the strength of his arm, it will be revealed to those who believe. Those that believe his report receive the power that is revealed in the report. Here we got, we got God's report right here. This is the report, the word of God. Let's look at John 1 and 12. Because those that believe his report receive the power that's revealed in the report. Let me say that statement again in case you were thumbing through your Bible. Those who believe his report receive the power that's revealed in the report. Now, John 1 and 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So those that believe on his name receives the power of his sonship. Those that believe on his name receive the power of sonship. And the power of sonship is that you receive his righteousness. Therefore, putting you in right standing before God as a son or daughter of God. And therefore, you are an heir of everything that Jesus is an heir to. Amen. Your new birth means you have been born into the family of God. And so that you have the power of sonship. How many have been born into his family? Well, with that comes the power of sonship. You see, to those that received him, to them he gave the power of sonship to. So by birth, you receive the family name. Right? Amen. And that family name that we have is Jesus. And therefore, we can act in that name. We are authorized by our new birth to act in the name of Jesus. Because it's not only his name, it is our name. Jesus said, I came in my father's name and you do the same. You come in your father's name because you have been birthed of him. Now, Ephesians uh, 3.14, it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So understand this, that not only is, is his name Jesus, but also when you are born again, you take on that family name of Jesus. This is why everything we do in word or deed, we do all in the name of Jesus. If we're baptized, which is a part of salvation, we are saved by that name. 
and we take on that name in water baptism. What are we doing? We are taking on his identity because we are taking on his life. So again, the whole family of heaven and earth is named after Jesus Christ. Because we are born of him. He is the author of this new creation. And it is his life that we have received. As I've explained, if you're born into, uh, if a cat is born, it's kittens that, you know, we call those kittens or, or cats. A dog gives birth to dog. A cow gives birth to more cattle. But again, God, God then gives birth to other gods. Sons and daughters of God who are all the, the new creation. Now, so Satan cannot stand before the name of Jesus. And he cannot stand before that name now any more than he could before the man that gave you the right to use it. When he walked the shores of Galilee, and, and even, and let me just say, he can't stand before it even now, even more now since he raised from the dead. Amen. Since he raised from the dead, even more Satan cannot stand before that name. It could not stand before his name before the atonement. And it cannot stand before him after the atonement. And the atonement makes the name greater than what it was before. Because it proves the power of that name. Now Ephesians 1.20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his right, own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And it put all things, every devil, every sickness, Every sin. Amen. Every bit of it. Are you with me? All things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So he is by his resurrection now both Lord and Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus. Whom you have crucified both the Lord and Christ. So there in his resurrection. His name was even elevated to a higher place. Because now it is Lord over hell. It is Lord over death. It is Lord over the grave. It is Lord over every disease. Come on, church. Amen. By Jesus' death, he eternally defeated Satan. Amen. He took his keys of death and therefore sickness and hell and therefore sin and the grave. All their keys are taken away. Satan does no longer has the power of death. He no longer has the power of sickness. He no longer is Lord over any disease. Come on, somebody. There is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and this God is Lord over all. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I hope you get a real revelation that Jesus indeed is Lord. When you see he's Lord over your sin, it has to obey him. Amen. When he's Lord over your sickness, it has to obey him. Amen. If he's Lord over diseases, every disease has to bow to him. And Jesus proved by his resurrection that he was Lord over hell. Amen. The Bible said that he went to hell. He preached to the spirits in prison. He was Lord over death. And when he rolled away the stone that was covering his grave and rose up, he was Lord over the grave. So he, if he's Lord over hell, then he's Lord over sin. Is that right? If he's Lord over death, then he's Lord over sickness. Which is greater, death or sickness? And if he's Lord over death, he's Lord over all sickness. Amen. And if he's Lord over hell, he's Lord over all sin. I want you to understand that your God is Lord over everything. Amen. In fact, the matter is, Satan surrendered. Amen. Satan surrendered. Amen. When he, when Jesus went down to the hell, he come up and said, I have the keys of death and of hell. He took them away from Satan. Satan had to surrender up the keys. Amen. To sin, to sickness, to disease, to every problem you can face. Satan surrendered it. Hallelujah. He was defeated completely, totally. Hallelujah. Once he was your king, but he's not your king now. Once he was your Lord, but he's not your Lord now. Hallelujah. He surrendered. Amen. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was like hoisting a flag of victory over a liberated land where the enemy has been conquered and forced to surrender. And Satan has no legal rights to our land. Amen. That's why we're preaching this morning on the people of the book. Amen. The people of the book are there to take that land of the book. God's arm of power is being revealed. This is to whom hath believed our report. It is to them the arm of power is revealed. Now, when, then, now, so going back over these points just a moment. When Jesus said it is finished, it was exactly like hoisting a flag of victory over a liberated land where the enemy had been conquered and has been forced to surrender. He has no more legal rights to you and to me. Like Israel. The Israeli flag flies over its land today. They say war is over. But the Arabs don't want to believe it. Or they don't want to live peaceably. And they're still lobbing bombs. And the fiery darts of the wicked every time they can do it. 
Satan is still sending his demons to torment, but we are possessors of the land. We have won it back from the enemy through Jesus our Lord, and we're not given an inch of it back. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, but because that God's children many times fail to understand the victory that Jesus won, then we let demons come and invade our bodies and our homes and our churches. Uh, And as long as God's people don't know about Satan's legal defeat, he can operate unhindered. But your job and the job of the church is to cast Satan out everywhere you meet him. You resist steadfast in the faith and he will flee from you. Now, before Calvary, Jesus cast out those demons before their time. Is that right? Amen. After Calvary, now is the time to cast out devils. This is what he said, the last words to the church. Now, I've risen from the dead. Now you go cast out devils. Amen. The atonement's been done. Amen. The, 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 the enemy, the Lucifer is defeated. Death is defeated. Sickness and everything beneath him is defeated. We're dealing with a defeated enemy. Amen. And, and I want you to look here in Matthew chapter 8, 29, because after Calvary, it is now time to torment devils. Matthew 8, 29. And before they, before, behold, they cried out. This is, this is legion. They cried out a legion saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now we do know there is a future time where Satan will be cast into hell with all of his, with all of his demons. But I want you just to look right at this for a moment. I want you to look at it a little differently than just a future torment. Yes, we know there's a future torment. But here again, he says, Jesus, Jesus, thou son of God, art thou come hither to torment us before the time. Now, I want to establish to you this morning that it is now time to torment devils by casting them out. Now, this is what they were afraid of. They were afraid to be cast out. And they, they were afraid to be cast out into um, in just to the abyss or just out into the void. And because they need a body to operate in. So they, they begged to be asked to, they begged and asked to be cast into a herd of swine. And Jesus permitted them to go into a, a herd of swine. Now, of course, a little southern human humor here. You know they committed suicide. If you're not from the south, you won't get that. Suey, 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 pig. Suey hog. The rest of you got it. I didn't know you had any blonde hairs. Art thou come to torment us before the time? 
It is now time to torment devils by casting them out. Because devils call this torment. Because when they don't have a body to work through, come on. Amen. Then, then they have, they are powerless and they can't do any harm. Amen. But, but I, I want you to know that word torment means to harass, to torture, to vex with grievous pain by casting them out. Amen. It really upsets the devil to get cast out. Amen. But I want you to understand that Jesus gave you a commission and says, now is the time to cast them out. When is it time? Anywhere you meet them. Anytime you meet them. Anytime they, they invade your homeland. Anytime they come into your body. Anytime they attack your family. Amen. Romans 16, 20. Here's the apostle Paul. And this was a scripture given to me many years ago by word of prophecy. Uh, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. It's the favor of God on you. And God's going to bruise, bruise the head, bruise Satan under your feet. Amen. Now, so there again, you're commissioned by the Apostle Paul to bruise the head of the serpent. To step on him. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I want to just say this. If this was given before the atonement, how much more after the atonement? Come on. Amen. I give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So, again, this means to put Satan underfoot. As a conqueror, to trample on him, to break down, to crush, to tear one's body and shatter one's strength. Amen. Amen. Now then, I'm trying to tell you, friends, that the arm of the Lord is going to be revealed through you. Amen. Amen. If you believe his report. Amen. That he, that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. How many believes that report? Amen. Then the arm of the Lord will be revealed through his people who he commissions to cast Satan out. What do you think we do when, when someone gets saved? We cast out the devil. Amen. So that person can receive Christ. Brother Branham said himself, I would receive the Lord when I was 12 years old, come to the age of accountability, when I was just a young person. But he said, a spirit hung on me saying, wait to another time. Amen. But you see, one day that spirit was cast out. And he said, the preaching of the word cast out devils. And he said, it isn't that you save a person. He said, you cast out the devil by the preaching of the word so that they can believe that Christ has done it for them. And it isn't that we heal people. It is that we cast out the devil of unbelief. 
And that unbelief says that it's God's will for you to be healed. You're doing this for God's glory. You're not, you're not sick for God's glory. I mean, that's a devil. God doesn't put demons on his people for his glory. Satan puts that upon God's people. And God gave a commission to the church to cast Satan out. Now, Jesus tormented devils before their time. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He interrupted funerals. He cast out Satan. And then when he came to meet death and hell and the grave, he met them head on. And that day when he died, he died so dead until the sun quit shining. Amen. The earth had a nervous prostration. The, the rocks run out of the hills. And, and he died. He went down into hell. He conquered death. He conquered hell. And on Easter morning, he conquered the grave. Amen. Talk about a complete V-Day or Victory Day. Amen. It brought them out. And not only that, but he come out of the grave and he brought the captives that had been there in the grave and brought them out. Amen. And all those heroes of faith rose with him. Hallelujah. And appeared to many and ascended with him. Amen. Because he so totally defeated hell until hell couldn't hold one of God's children. He so defeated the grave until the grave couldn't hold one of God's children. I want you to understand, Satan was totally and completely and eternally defeated. He surrendered. He surrendered up the kingdom. He surrendered up the keys. He had to admit that Jesus was Lord over the grave, over sickness, over death. Over pain. Over your problem. Amen. He had to admit it. And surrender to him. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. And he led. Brother. He only showed it was so complete. That he led all of those. Out of the Old Testament. Every saint that had been held. In that place. Which they called paradise, but it was a holding place until the blood came. Come on. Amen. And he he brought them out, all of the dead heroes, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Job, all of them. He captured death. He captured hell. He captured the grave. He captured everything. And he rises with the saints. And when he ascended on high, he gave gifts back to men. Amen. Brother Brandon said, what was those gifts? He said it was swords. He put a sword in their hand. The word. Amen. Amen. To conquer what? To conquer sin and sickness and superstition and evil and every living creature that wants to live to bring them to the realization that because I live, you shall live also. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. But this man... There's a whole sermon in this man. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Now he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And then he ascended on high with all the Old Testament saints. Amen. Every one of the overcomers, he ascended up with them on high 
And there he sat at the right hand of God as our approach to God. Our approach to spirit God who is intangible, untouchable, and unapproachable was made an approach by Jesus himself. Where God took on flesh to make an approach to God because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to God except by me. So our only approach to God is through Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the atonement who made the way for you. Nobody else did it. It wasn't him and a prophet. It wasn't him and the Pope. It wasn't him and a holy man. Nobody else is your intercessor. Nobody else is your go-between. No one else is your approach to God. No man can put you in and no man can put you out. Jesus is the only approach to God. Amen. And it's through him we are saved and through the atonement that he made at Calvary. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is not by accepting this doctrine or that doctrine. It's by accepting him and that's life. Now, but notice he, he is from henceforth expecting till all his enemies be made his footstool. Now, what does this mean? It means that Satan, the great champion of sin and sickness and death and hell, is defeated. And Jesus is right now at the right hand of God expecting us to bring every one of his enemies captive and placed under his feet. I want you to look at He is expecting every enemy. Your enemy. Amen. You're the one that's been trying to torment you. He's expecting you to come and bring him under your his feet. And the way he bring you bring him under his feet is by bringing him under your feet. Amen. Footsteps are possession. You must put your foot upon every enemy. I have given you power to tread on scorpions and serpents. Amen. To giving you power to tread on them. To put your feet on them. I've showed you how it's done. I showed you their king is dead and powerless. Come on. Rendered helpless and defeated. And he's made a surrender. Now you go and conquer your enemy. Just like David killed Goliath, the rest of Israel. Get your swords and go kill the rest of them. Drive them out of your land. Until every enemy come underneath his footstool. That's the job of the church. So well, why didn't he just do it all back there? Because there were other names that was on the Lamb's Book of Life that had to come to the earth. And they would be born in sin and under the dominion of sin. But they would have to come to that very place themselves and throw the slave belt off of them. And hear the jubilee trumpet of deliverance that you're free from sin. That you're free from sin's bondage. You're free from sickness. So he stands there as an intercessor, a mediator. Standing there praying on your behalf. Interceding on your behalf. 
having defeated the head, amen, you're going to bring every other enemy underneath his feet. Hallelujah. Amen. That's exactly right. Under the feet of the church. Remember, under his feet, he made him to be the head, but you are the feet. The body, his church, through which the Satan has to be brought underneath. Now, so every every member of the body has to bring Satan under their feet. That's why you are still having individual battles. Because... Give me, give me Revelation 3, and you'll see it there, I think verse 21, where he said to him that overcometh, will I grant with to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. So according to the Bible, you're going to overcome just like Jesus overcame. Can I just say to you, this is why God is not afraid to let Satan have an Eden in this day. And for hell to be brought all around you. I don't know if you pinched yourself and recognized here lately, but hell is all around you. Every kind of demon spirit there is all around you. The lid is off the kettle. Demons are streaming loose everywhere. Amen. But what are they? They're not there to conquer you. They are there for you to conquer. The the attacks of Satan that's coming against you this morning is not not to bring you down. It is for you to have victory over them. That you experience the same victory of overcoming that Jesus experienced. Hallelujah. And I got a word for you that he will not leave your soul in this hell. Hallelujah. Neither will he let his holy bride see corruption. Somebody with me now. There's been churches, churches, brides, brides, but there is one that God is sent in this day that will not fall. She is predestinated not to fall. She got overcome or written all over Hallelujah. He already wrote in his book before you were ever born an overcomer. You're going to overcome sickness. You're going to overcome sin. You're going to overcome disease. You're going to overcome hell. Satan's eating all around you. You're going to overcome. I'm trying to tell you, you're not leaving out of here. Defeated individuals. You're going to overcome that. You said, but that sickness is in my body, brother Tim. It's choking me. It's pulling me down. It's clogging my heart. It's causing this problem, that problem. I don't care. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I don't care how big it is. How big a name it is. Jesus already defeated their king. And when he was defeated, everyone beneath him is already defeated. I hear Brother Branham saying, don't fear, John, don't fear, little flock. Uh, All that I am, you're heir to. All my power is yours. And my my omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst. I have not come to bring fear and failure, but love and courage and ability. Amen. All power is given unto me 
and it is yours to use. You speak the word and I will perform it. That is my covenant and it can never fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. My omnipotent is yours and it's for you to use. All of my power is in your hands. Amen. I have not come to bring you fear and failure, but love, courage, and ability. All power is given to me. It's yours to use. You speak the word and I will perform it. Hallelujah. This is my covenant and it will never fail. Oh, what a word. What a comfort that is. My mind already goes to Japan that we're going to be leaving for in just a, just a few weeks. And I hope you're praying about it. Amen. But we're going to be leaving for the Philippines and Japan. Not because we're kingdom building, but we're just trying to, we're just trying to do something for his kingdom. They don't ever need to even hear my name to be saved or in the rapture. They need to know Jesus. Amen. But we're just a little servant, a little tool in the hand of God for God to use. But I think about it. When we were building this church, and I was scraping up every dime that I could, every dollar that I could to see that this church would be built without owing a debt. And you, you, some of you don't realize, some of you don't realize how phenomenal this is. But I mean, right, right now, there's a church that is struggling, and I, and, and it shouldn't be, but they're struggling to pay their, their note of $10,000 a month. And God bless you, you don't have a dime on. He put it in our hands. Amen. We didn't store millions of dollars in a drawer somewhere or in, in lockers in our house. We wanna, we're gonna have to be one day give account for everything. And we'll give an account to Almighty God for what we did. Amen. I know that a lot of preachers think that they're there to receive all the tithe and it's theirs. Let me tell you something. They are stewards over it. And God will make them account of how that they use it. Amen. Amen. Even if the church don't hold them accountable, God will hold them accountable. But as we was getting ready to go there, I can't, I can't help but remember something very phenomenal took place. As Brother George mentioned to me about them wanting to go to Japan. And we'd already sent one, some in and, and one another. And I, I just thought, you know, how, how, can we, how can we do this in the midst of trying to build a building and all of this and using our energies and, and our labors and our, our monies and whatever. But the gospel's got to go out. And it was burning on their hearts to get something done and to start a work. By the way, we just got a, another, another sermon yesterday of Brother Bradham's that was uploaded, or not uploaded, but translated and, and uh, proofed um, for the Japanese language. We've got, just about got all of 1965 done. And now we're, we're starting to, we'll be starting to work on some of the other years. The church age book we got, the sealed book, they're on the hub for anybody around the world that's Japanese can go in there and listen to. 
This gospel must be preached into all the world. Then shall the end come. Amen. Pray for Brother Jason DeMars and his, and his uh, team. I think Brother Dale Smith is going over into Egypt and different places there. And some very, very dangerous places. Amen. We have sponsored their trip as well going over there. And now, now we're going into Japan. But, but again, as we, as we were praying about sending brothers there and how to get the money. And you remember the story how that God just, just granted us. From an unknown source, a $10,000, just like that. As we just spoke and said, ah, it won't be just a, it won't just be a few, you know, a few dollars. I don't remember exactly how it was said, but he'll give you $10,000 and write it to this church. And then give you, Brother George, give you some money to go on yourself. And God gave it to us. But he's not only done that, it's been over $100,000 since that time. Amen. Because he's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still Jehovah Nisha. He's still the provider. And when we couldn't do it, God raised up even strangers who would send the money in, moved on, on their hearts supernaturally. Denominational people that don't even believe the message. I'm no interested in even being baptized in Jesus' name, but just wanted somebody to hear the name of Jesus. And think about it, you're a part of that. And as we get ready to go, I just, as I'm thinking, all power is given to me and it's yours to you. You speak the word and I will perform it. Hallelujah, I will perform it. I want you to know God's word is still true. And if God would provide it there, God will give us the strength. God will give us the ability. God will give us the healing power. God will give us His power to use in Japan, the Philippines, and anywhere else that we go. Amen. He said, I'll be with you. Even in you to the end of the world. That's what our consolation is. The Pergamian church age, he said, this word he has left behind on printed pages. Amen. It's part of him when you accept it by faith into his spirit-filled life. He said that his word was life. John 6, 63. And that's exactly what it is. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Romans 8 and 9. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. There it is. He is spirit. He is life. That's exactly what the word is. That's exactly what Jesus is. He is the word. So when a spirit-born, spirit-filled man in faith takes that word into his heart and places it upon his lips, why that is the same as deity speaking, every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. Hallelujah. I'm looking at people today. You may look like a bunch of weaklings. You may feel like a bunch of weaklings. Amen. David didn't feel like a champion. He had never been a champion. He was just anointed. Amen. That's what we are. Maybe we don't feel like a champion. Maybe we don't look like a champion, but we've been anointed. There's been a prophet with a message that poured the anointing oil on us, and we've been anointed. We have been placed, and we have been called for this generation. Hallelujah. 
And you may feel like, we you know, like David did before, Goliath. A puny little sling and a little, little stones against a mighty giant. Amen. But his faith went into action because he didn't come as a powerful soldier, but he became in the name of the Lord God of, of hosts, which is armies. And his puny arm became a whirlwind of power, and God took a hold of that arm, and that puny stone became a lethal weapon. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, friends, I just want you to know there are plenty of stones from where them stones came from. David only picked up five stones. But there were probably thousands of them laying there. Amen. When we went down into that, into that uh, creek there that day in Israel, Brother Timothy went down there and picked up those stones. Amen. There wasn't just, there wasn't, you didn't have to scrounge for stones, did you? There were hundreds of them, wasn't there? Wasn't just, wasn't just few. There were thousands of them laying there. And I want you to know, we don't have one or two stones. We got thousands of them. And every one of them, when they're put in, when you put them in the name of Jesus, and sling them in his name, come on now, they become a lethal weapon against your enemy. There's got to be some people that start learning to use the word as their weapon against the enemy. I'll tell you what you want. You want want Brother Tim to be the lethal weapon. And your faith is, becomes in his prayer. And that's not where your faith is supposed to lay. Because that's been our problem for years and years. Our faith lay in Brother Branham and he's been gone. And our faith was never to been in Brother Branham. He tried to get us to put our faith in the word. Brother Branham isn't here and there'll be times that Brother Tim ain't available. Come on. Amen. I know you want me at your fingertips. Amen. But there'll be times I'm not available. You've got to learn to take the word yourself. You've got to realize where your faith is. Because as Brother Branham even said, God will let a man fail so that you will get your eyes off the man and back on God. Amen. Now, but now there are some prerequisites to taking this land of promise. To take this land with its promises of milk and honey, there are things you got to do. I'd like you to look at Joshua 1 and 8 that we actually started the New Year's with. You must meditate in this book. You must not let it depart from your mouth, Joshua 1 and 8. You must observe to do everything written therein. Then you will be prosperous and have good success. How many wants good success? How many wants to be prosperous in the law? Alright, here's how to do it. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. That means you got to speak the word. Amen. you got to stop your negative confessions. 
You got to quit praying out of fear. And you got to quit the wrong confessions and start putting the word for first place in your lips. It must not depart out of your mouth. Rule number one. Some of you hung up on me and said, well, I don't want to be successful after all. Brother Tim, why don't you just carry me? No. You've got to get in the word. You must meditate in it. That means you must contemplate it, think upon it, talk about it, pray about it. Let it be what you're thinking on. Oh, Brother Tim, all the evils. In the... Quit your... Listen. Quit watching Fox News and get your eyes on the good news. I mean, the more you look at that, the more, the more you see what Satan's doing out there. He's got vessels that he's using. He's got bodies he's moving in. They rape, they murder, they, they, they rob, they fight politically. And you get all weighed down with depression. Come on. Amen. But you've got to start meditating in the book. If we would go to Revelation 10, we would, we would explain it like this. You must eat the book. You must literally eat the book. Well, not literally, but literally. Eat it. Meditate therein. Day and night. And, and what are you doing in that part? To observe, to do According to what's written. So if Jesus cast out devils. You hung up on me. Let me reconnect. Get you back in. Are you a dial in again? You must meditate in. And then you must observe to do. So it's not enough to just meditate and say, well, I, I, I got my book listening or my Bible reading in. But you must observe to do everything that's written therein. Amen. I'm not tolerating the devil. I'm not tolerating him in my family. He is not ruling my marriage. He's not ruining my family. He's not possessing my kids. He is not going to rule in this church. He's not going to govern this atmosphere. I, I am determined the devil is not going to rule the atmosphere in this church. We are not going to let him rule our, our worship. We're not going to let him rule our songs. We're not going to let him rule our preaching. And we're not going to let him rule your response. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. But you must meditate in the book and you must observe to do. Everything Jesus did, I'm going to do. Everything the Bible said to do, I'm going to do. Amen. 
You must observe to do everything written therein. And then, then, for then thou shalt have, make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. So be successful in overcoming in this day requires something on your part. Amen. I, I know. I know we, we want all of this without praying. We want all of this without even communicating with God. We just want it handed and put in our laps. God says this land has got enemies in it. I've given it to you. But in it is Amorites and Perizzites and Jebusites. And yet they're already defeated. I'm going to be with you. You know, I've sent hornets before you. I'll do, I'll do my part, but you got a part to do. And you're going to have to determine, I'm going to observe to do everything that's written in this book. Amen. So now, again, why should we be afraid when sickness and disease comes? Disease is as powerless now as it was when the Son of Man walked the earth. Amen. Demons fled fear the word. Can I say it again? That demons fear the word today in the lips of a man who walks with God as much as they did when they bowed before it in Jesus' day. All hell knows the power of that name. It was demonstrated over it. Hell was defeated. Sickness was defeated. All of it knows the power of that name. They know our legal rights. They know our authority. But they're fighting to keep us in ignorance of our legal rights. Or if we know them to keep us under condemnation so we wouldn't dare use them. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. For they walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. Matthew 18, 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Of a truth, in other words. This is a sworn declaration. All of heaven is behind this. What things soever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I, again, I say unto you that any, if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Hallelujah. Now, so what power we have? Then let's use it. Will we arise to our mighty heaven-given privileges? I want you to think about all the bound men and women everywhere. And the word challenges us to go out and set the prisoners free. Jesus not only conquered hell, he set the prisoners free. You say, well, Brother Tim, I'm having difficulty enough just overcoming this hell around me. Well, that's just half the job. You're not just to conquer hell. You are to set prisoners free. 
Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captive and the recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. So God, God anointed Jesus to do this thing and he anointed you. He said, as the father has sent me, so send I you. So what does it all mean? It means everything it says, thank God. Amen. You can set diseased men free. The works that I do shall you do also. And more or greater than these shall you do. You, you can set demon-bound men free. You can break the chains that bind men. In that mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Most Listen. A lot of Christians are, are bound by something. Not just sinners out there. A lot of Christians are bound by something. Amen. They're bound by some fear or some devilish doubt. Amen. They'll try to handcuff you. Hold you down and hold you a prisoner. Amen. But they can be set free by a word if we'll use that name and then use our privileges. And the Spirit is challenging us to rise and and, and live this truth. Take the book and eat the book and then speak the book. That's right. let, don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Observe to do everything that is in it. I'll tell you how much this means. God's hands are tied until he can use ours. Angels are our servants. They can't do our work. God is limited to our faith and our obedience. Otherwise, God is unlimited. But Jesus couldn't do any mighty works among his hometown because of their unbelief. Amen. God is as small in the world as we make him. Amen. God is big only where some man makes him big. By using the divinely given authority, we are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, the head is powerless without his hands and feet. You see, men of God, we got to be God's men. And use his authority that's been delegated to you. God left you with an authority that was given his church. Brother Branham in perfect faith said, I'm just going to see how advanced my church is. On what we believe in. See how advanced the people are. How they're ready to take the sword and walk out on the front line and say, I challenge you, Satan. See, I challenge you. You can't make me disbelieve anymore. What are these things done for so that people will believe? It's the Word. And it's where it shows what I'm preaching to you, the truth, the Word. The Word made flesh, made flesh in you, made Word, made life in you, made life in me. That was, that was the whole point of God coming back behind every sermon and saying amen to it. Brother Brandon would say, if I told you the truth, then he'll confirm it. 
And then the word would discern thought after thought after thought of man's heart. Is that right? Amen. So what was these things done for? It was to, it was so that you would believe. Brother Branham would say about his own gift. He said, the gift don't heal you. He said, it only elevates a person's faith to believe. So what I'm trying to say to you, what more is God going to have to do to make us believe? He sent his son. He died in our place. He paid the price. Wasn't Calvary enough? Amen. But after he did that, then he sent gifts back into the world to confirm his word again. To cause you to believe. Amen. Now, again, he said this morning, preaching on perfect faith, trying to get the church into a place where we could really see apostolic times moving among us. That's why we all hunger, and it's laying right at the door. We see it, but we want more of it. We want it such a flow that it'll be help to us, and us flow out to others. Shouldn't that be our prayer this morning? Amen. We've seen God do some mighty things. Amen. We've seen cancers healed. We've seen the sick healed. Kidneys. Jude, stand up. Amen. A little boy there with, with reflux in his kidney as an infant before he could walk. And the doctors are talking about removing a deceased kidney. He won't even, he won't even wet his diaper during the night because of his kidney ailment that he has. Doctors have dire and grim news about it. His mother runs him up to at the end of the one service when you created an atmosphere. And faith began to move. And brought that baby up to me and I prayed for it. And God answered prayer. It wasn't my prayer. It was God answering prayer. It was God answering the faith of a little mother who was obeying the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Take him back to the doctor. Thank you, Jude. Doctor says, well, we must have made a mistake. Uh, there, there's nothing shows in this report that there ever was a problem. And so it must have been a mistake. It was no mistake. It was Almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. We know what happened. We were witness of what happened. Amen. We know what happened. When Atlanta goes back to the doctor the next day and the doctor says, you know, said, well, uh, it's gone. All the cancer is gone. Said, this is remarkable. Well, how often do you see this happen? We've never seen this happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? It's the creator God going forth. Amen. We, we, didn't, we didn't use a magic wand. We didn't use a tool of a surgeon. We didn't physically do anything. We used the word. And the word defeated the enemy. And if the word. The word of God can defeat the enemy anywhere. Any place. Any time. Come on now. Amen. This message is that third pull. And brother Brandon said it's the one I must be loyal and reverent to. Amen. 
Now, what, what was it there in Sabina Canyon? He put a sword in Brother Branham's hand. Listen, if he put a sword in his hand, he put it in your hand. When he put a law in Moses' hand, he put it in the hand of Israel. Moses was just the vessel who received it. Representing all of Israel. Come on. God sent us a prophet, a messenger to this age. He received a sword in his hand. It's not to be held in your scabbard. It's not to make degrees on your wall. It's not to make a bunch of messes theologians. That's talking a bunch of gobbledygook in the pulpit that you don't understand anything that they're saying. Like I said, I hate mystery preachers. Mystery preachers, when they get through, it's still a mystery, whatever they were talking about. Amen. I'd rather somebody preach me the plain, simple, sound gospel than to come up with some big puff shirt of some mystery preacher of Dr. So-and-so knows so-and-so more than everybody else. It's time we know Jesus again. It's time we know him in the power of his resurrection. It's time that people come to an old-fashioned birth where they meet Christ instead of receive a theology. Receive something down on their knees where sin is dead as midnight and their sons and daughters of God raising up as conquerors. He put a sword in your hand. This message. He, you know, Brother Branham said, he said the third pull is this message. I want to ask you, did you receive the message? Will you raise your hand? Did you receive the message? Then what you received was a sword. You received something to fight the devil with. Not give you horn-rimmed glasses and make you a theologian. Amen. God gave you a sword to fight with. You must fight if you're going to reign. Amen. We pray that kingdom come and thy will be done and do nothing about bringing the kingdom in. Amen. We should be ushers of the kingdom. Hallelujah. He said if my servants was of this world, my servants would fight. Amen. So then if his servants are of heaven, then his servants will fight. I wonder who's got some fight in them. Amen. It's time then to quit using your sword as a decoration. It was given to you to use. Amen. The message oneness, Brother Branham said, a sword is perfect dormant if it didn't yield it by hand or a power. And that's the truth. What, what is a sword? Oh, it's a shiny sword. It's, a, it's got a pearl handle. It's, it is, can cut coming and going. It can't cut butter if you don't put it in butter. It can't cut anything unless you use it. This message was not given to you for decoration. It was given to you to be used. Amen. It takes a hand to hold the sword. And where God holds the sword is in his mouth. Out of his mouth goes a two-edged sword. That's where sons of God holds the sword. In their mouth. 
No, no, I'm in no way trying to get you to become some super duper spiritual people. You're going out here and you're trying to speak to this storm and speak to that storm and speak, uh, you know, speak here and speak there. Uh, That ain't what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to overcome the devils in your life. I'm not trying to make you the weatherman. Most of them are false prophets. Are you with me? Amen. But you got to take a hand of faith that holds a sword. And he said, that hand of faith, it depends on how strong it is. See, again, the sword is only as strong as the hand that holds it. The word of God will only be as strong as the people that hold it. Amen. But I want you to know there's a scripture concerning you. The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They will not just be hearers of the word. They will be doers of the word. They will not just meditate in the word. They will put that word into practice. Amen. Even, you know, if it's a strong hand, it'll cut plumb through everything the devil can put out there and make every promise of God shine forth in the power of his resurrection. If it's a strong hand of faith, the days of miracles, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, cut its way through. It depends on the power of the hand behind the sword. The sword's plenty sharp. It goes there, cuts going, coming, going, goes to the mar of the bone, goes to joints, the discerner of the thoughts, and enters the heart, goes beyond the physical and to the spiritual. It picks up the thoughts of the heart and reveals them. The Spirit of God, the Word of God. And the Word will cut through the end there. If there's enough arm behind it to push it in, it'll find its place and cut every promise out and give it to you if you got a strong enough arm behind it. The sword, pick it up, an arm of faith, grip it tight, hold it, hold on to it, walk out in the face of the enemy. How can that uncircumcised enemy ever stand in the presence of the eternal God? So you take the sword of the word and every promise of it belongs to you. And you pick it up with a strong hand of faith and walk forward. If you need healing, cut it out with the word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you need salvation, every promise in the Bible is yours. It's laying there and Satan's trying to hide it. But take the sword and push it through the darkness until the light of God shines upon your soul and you have the promise of it. Amen. But you see, what it requires is somebody understanding their position. Knowing what the atonement did. Amen. Knowing that Satan is defeated. And by his defeat, you are empowered. I want you to understand, it didn't just defeat the devil. It empowered the believer. Amen. Isn't that the scripture? Amen. The scripture said, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So it not only defeated the devil, it empowered the believer. His defeat is your empowerment. Amen. Joshua understood his position. He just looked at the sun and the moon and commanded it to stand still. Let me tell you, that took some courage. But he was taking God at his word. Joshua 1 and 5, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. This is... 
This is how we started out the new year. I won't fail thee. God ain't going to fail you. He's not going to let you down. The Bible said everyone that believes in him shall not be ashamed. That means that, that means they won't be left holding the bag. Amen. They're, they're, God's going to perform on their behalf. Are you with me? Amen. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers. Only be strong and very encouraged, uh, courageous. This word shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Again, good success comes by meditating on the word, acting upon the word. Faith without works is dead faith. A living faith works. Proverbs 4 and 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Amen. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are light unto those that find them and help to all the flesh. So his words are life. They are health to your flesh. Amen. Oh, we're good at taking vitamins. We'll sign up for every pyramid scheme that you can think of. Amen. We'll sell them to every, every believer and unbeliever we can find. Come on, somebody. But here again, I want you to read what he said about his word. His word is health. Oh, if you would take the vitamins of the word like you take vitamins. Come on. Well, this company has the best. This company has the best. There's no better than this company. And I would that you would prosper in health as your soul prospers. Take all the vitamins you want. I don't care. I don't care whether you have vitamins, you sell vitamins, you eat them, if you sleep with them, or I don't really care if you drink them. Take all you want. But take this. Because them others won't do you no good like this will. These are health. Amen. These are health. Amen. They are health to your flesh. How many wants to get healthy now? Amen. You started out the new year. I'm going to get healthy. Amen. I want to improve this flesh. So you got an exercise and a diet plan and the vitamin plan and all these other plans. What about this plan? You want to have, be prosperous and have good success? These words are health to your flesh. <laughs> you say, but they sure are a bitter pill, Brother Tim, when you serve them. Well, okay. I'll give you that. Take a lot of water of the Holy Spirit and wash it down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bet you wish you had some of that too. Now, the word, why the word? Because, listen to the prophet, 
The word has never failed. In the, when every believer had a Bible, the words never failed. When we finally got 1,100 tapes, we never fail. The word has never failed in the mouth. Of believing Christians. And in this last age, it is stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Oh, little flock, you little minority, hold on that word. Fill your mouth and your heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. It's kingdom time. Fill your mouth and your heart with the word. Take these vitamins. Amen. Brother Branham, Brother Branham would talk about this, about the centurion. And he often would tell the story of the centurion in the Bible who said, there's no need for you to come to my house. Just speak the word and my servant will live. Brother Branham would tell, he said, actually laying on a hands was, was, was a Jewish tradition. Brought over to the church, sanctified by the church. We still believe in laying on the hands. Nothing wrong with that. But he said the Gentiles, they believe the word. Amen. And said, just say the word. Just speak the word. It's a greater faith. Can't you see? It's a greater faith than even Jewish faith. Jewish faith. You know, this is what people want. They want a God with skin on them. Hello? Amen. They, they want, they want direct, direct line right into the, right into the pasture. They want a right direct line. They want to get, they, they, they want that. They want a God with skin on them. I got a, and, and nothing against it. Nothing against it. I, God bless the souls of the, uh, of the dear people. Uh, but somebody up in California in the middle of the night. Oh, you know, I, I was woke up with the flashing of my, my phone. And please pray for my wife. You know, she's got a ringing in her ear and, 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 and an earache and this and that and the other. Please pray for my wife. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, you pray for her. Amen. Come on. Come on. We, will, we want some preacher to be at our fingertips. And that's okay. I, I, I'm not, I don't resent it. Amen. I, I'm glad that I can pray with people. And they got confidence. That's not it. Amen. It isn't that I don't want anybody to call me. The Bible said to call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith shall say the sick. And God shall raise them up. So it's scripture to call. Call. But isn't it better when you? As the priest of your own home. And you call in the pastor and you hadn't even prayed for the sick yourself. And what do you think he's going to do? A multitude of people praying and maybe one of them I call will get the faith. Faith doesn't come by calling preachers. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm not lashing out at anybody. Please, you don't call me if you feel like you need to call me. 
Call me. I'll pray for you. I want to pray for you. Catch me. I want to pray for you. I'm not, I'm not discouraging that. Please don't take me wrong. I want to, I'm your servant. I'm here for you. But what I'm trying to say to you is that you also have the right to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It wasn't given to preachers. It was given to believers. And the word of God is just as nigh you as it is me. It's he is nigh you. We don't have to pull him up from the grave. We don't got to pull him down from heaven. The word of God is nigh even in your mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. All Jesus had to do for the centurion was just speak the word, not pray. Just speak the word. That's all. And it'd be done. Because every demon would have to obey him. Amen. Every demon will have to obey God. Look. I've shook you up and down already in this plane ride today. Every demon will obey God. It has to. Everything obeys God. And it'll obey you. If you have faith. You say, well, that's my problem, Brother Tim. I don't have any faith. Well, wait a minute. Are you not a Christian? Have you not been born again? It Does Christ dwell in you? Then if, if he dwells in you, his attributes are in you. The faith of God lays in you. Come on. Amen. You have the faith. It's on the inside of you. But if you don't release it, it will never work. Amen. I, you know, all I'm trying to do is get you to put your faith where it belongs. It don't belong on me or one of the ministers. Your faith belongs in the word of God. Amen. 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 Because Tim Pruitt won't always be here. Amen. Timothy may not always be here. Amen. We, we, we don't even know where, to, we, where we'll be tomorrow. Brother Timothy and I, we are amazed sometimes where we wind up the next day. How did we even get here? We didn't even plan to go here today. We're amazed. We may not be there. But the word will always be there. And heavens and earth will pass away. But my words will not pass away. Is that right? You know that's why a lot of people lose their healing. Because they put their, their, their faith in the man who was praying for them. Instead of the word of God. So then when they get away from the man, their faith, it leaves them. And their faith becomes an experience. Sometimes, sometimes even with us talking about this and being healed and that one being healed and that one being healed. That, that's wonderful. These testimonies are great. And they're to inspire faith. Sure they are. Amen. But your faith is not in whether or not we're seeing miracles. Your faith is in the eternal word of God that never changes. The 
atmosphere in a church can change from service to service. Depending on who's there or who's not there. And how they're pulling and how they're not pulling and events around them. Atmospheres of a church. And sometimes there's an atmosphere of healing and believing and sometimes there's not. But the word of God isn't like the atmosphere of a church. It's always constant. It is never failing. It will always be there for you. And even when the church are in the throes of depression, God's word never gets in the throes of depression. It don't go up. It don't go down. It is constant. It is in good one year and better the next. It is always there. And it is nigh and it's to be in your mouth. Joshua stopped the sun. Is that true? Brother Brandon said, somebody said all things are possible with God. Nothing, he said, nothing impossible. But all, all things are possible to you also. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. All things are possible. Brought it right down and made you if you just know who God was. Well, I'm afraid the church doesn't know their authority. I'm afraid that Holy Ghost born men doesn't realize their authority that God has permitted his church. I'll give unto thee the kingdoms, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose will be loose. I'll give you the power over serpents, over all kinds of diseases, over everything. And nothing shall harm you. Exercise your faith. Let it loose. Let God have his way. Amen. Said, look, Diddy, I'm a part of Charles Branham because I was born from Charlie Branham. My daddy, I'm a part of him. I have a forehead like him. My hair was like him. I'm a small man like him. I'm a nature like him because he's my dad. And if we become in spirit sons of God, Diddy dwells in the man. Hallelujah. Then you talk about blind eyes being open. They said nothing's impossible to God. God said nothing is impossible with you if you believe. Not with God, but you. Did is in the man. The very God that stood back on the mythical platform of the, uh, the mystical platforms of the eternities and rolled the worlds off his hands and created all things, give you the privilege to be a son. And you're a part of him. God dwells in mankind. Amen. And man himself is deity. Hallelujah. There you are. It might choke you, but study over that for a minute. God dwells in man. And man becomes a son of God, not him in himself, but the Holy Spirit that is in him is in God. The creator lives in the creation. Oh my, how I think of that. Then stand with an unwavering faith and ask what you will and it'll be done unto you. There it is, God. Amen. When a man becomes born again of the spirit, he becomes an offspring or a son of God. Then he has the same type of mind that God does. The mind that was in Christ is in us. And we believe for the unseen and for the miraculous and just anything. And, and then we have the Holy Spirit who comes to us and speaks to us concerning these things. So, so again, over and over, Brother Branham establishes this thing that, that, that God became a blood cell. And that in the bursting of the blood cell at Calvary, 
that he brought sons and daughters. Amen. Who are born of his spirit. And by doing that, we become a part of God. Amen. That's what makes the devil mad is when we start realizing who we are. That's what these attacks that we've been having here lately that you've been hearing about. This is what it's all about. We made the devil mad. But I want to announce to him, he's already defeated. He surrendered. I said he surrendered. And I say, I will never surrender. Hallelujah. I will not surrender my rights. I will not surrender my privileges. I will not surrender his power. I will not surrender the Holy Ghost coming upon me and my children and those that are far off. I will not surrender divine healing. I will not surrender to anything the devil would want. He's already surrendered. I take his turn. Jesus defeated it and he's a defeated foe. Hallelujah. Now, see, he says there's nothing impossible with you. The Bible says, now wait a minute, I want to come back to your faith a minute. You say, well, uh, you know, shouldn't we pray for God to increase our faith? What for? How do you get more faith in the faith of God? In fact, of the matter is, what are you having faith in? And where, where, where is it? What is it you want to increase your faith at? The Bible says, have faith in God. So what's so hard about believing Him? I didn't say, have faith, all your symptoms ain't screaming at you right now. And so you're going to have faith and pretend they're not happening. That ain't what I said. I said have faith. The Bible said have faith in God. This is where you're to have faith at. A lot of people are there. Well, I didn't have faith. I still feel it. I was prayed for it, but I just didn't have the faith. I I still got pain. Well, what was your faith to be in to begin with? Your faith was to be in God. Come on. Have faith in God. Now, you say, well, it's so hard to have faith in God. It's so difficult to find faith in God. Come on. Amen. Now, so it's not a lack of faith. We have the faith. It is the attribute of the life of Christ within us. It is a lack of us realizing our position. Come on. Amen. The early church knew its position. They knew that in Christ's death, the atonement was made for both sin and sickness. They operated in that knowledge. And then the church went through the dark ages and lost sight of who we are in Christ. Amen. And in doing so, they took spiritual amnesia and they forgot what Christ has made us. And that's why God sent a prophet in this day was to restore us back to faith again. To take us out of the amnesia caused by the dark ages and bring us back to the faith of the Son of God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. When you begin to realize you're a born again son or daughter of God. And don't let me stumble you but co-equal with Jesus Christ in his presence. Amen. Amen. That's what makes the devil angry is for the church of God to know who they are. Did I say you were co-equal? I did because he said you are an heir and joint heir. Hallelujah. That means that everything he is, you are. Everything he has, you have. Come on, when he said to Esther, we're, we're talking about a Hazarus now. said, I'll give you anything, even half the kingdom. He wasn't saying, I'll split the kingdom down and you can have this much and I can have that much. But no, my, as my wife, everything I own is yours. We are joint heirs. I share my throne with you. Did not he say that he has called you to sit, be enthroned in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? That means that you are sitting there in a heavenly dominion with every devil underneath you. But everything that he owns is yours. Hallelujah. If he owns healing, it's yours. If he owns salvation for you and your children, amen, to them that are fallen, it's yours. Whatever that he owns, it is yours. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so there again, we just got to get the scare out of the church. We got to realize we are the righteousness of God in him. Amen. That we're no, we're no longer the scumbags of the earth. We're sons and daughters of God. That ain't so that we can go back with our shoulders squared back and say, look who I am and be some big shot or this or that. This is, this is saying that we are the sons of God and Satan, we're not taking any more off of you. Amen. Your rule is broken. We have the word. And the word, listen, the, the word he left behind on, on the printed page is to be in your mouth. It is the words that you are to speak. And the word is a living thing. Look over at your neighbor and say, the word is a living thing. It's alive. When, when you let it loose, you're letting God loosen you. Amen. When you dare to act on the word and speak the word, then God will be in the words you speak. Amen. You know that the words is in your lips. The words in your lips will save the lost. I'm just going to say it. The words in in a preacher's lips will save the lost. Just as much as it did that day when Brother Bradham spoke to Hattie Wright. You say, well, them kids, they were born of the spoken word. So is every son and daughter of God. They are born of the spoken word. The word is preached. It is believed. They surrender to it and they're born of it. Being born again, not a corruptible flesh, but of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Every young person that is born again at youth camp or in our regular services or any other church around the world that is born again of the spirit of God, they are born of the spoken word. They are born in the way that they should have been at the beginning. And they're born as sons and daughters of God. 
And as sons and daughters of God, they are empowered to defeat any devil, any place, anywhere. Because they got the word of God given to them as a sword. Hallelujah. It's in their mouth. The word in your lips will save the lost. It will heal the sick. You know that just naturally. Words that you say wound. Words that you say encourage. Words that you say cast down. Words that you say lift up. There is power in words. There are Listen, spirits will, will follow words. Somebody speak a bad word over you, there's an evil spirit that will torment you for days over that bad word that was spoke. But I want you to know, and listen to me now, Satan cannot curse you. Amen. Because in every curse that the devil tries to do, God will turn it around for a blessing. And he said, I will bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. And there is no need for any Christian to live under any kind of bondage of fear. Amen. Because of words that were spoke over them. Don't you believe it? If the word don't match this word, don't you believe it? If the devil says you're not a Christian, you say, by the word of God, I am. The word, if the devil says you're not healed, by the word of God, I am. And God's word cannot lie. Amen. Doctors lie. You know, people lie. Everything else lies. But God never lies. Are you with me? Now, so therefore, there again, your words and your lips will save the lost, heal the sick, give courage, give strength to the weak, and victory to the defeated. Amen. Now then, same thing. The words that you speak about yourself. Will save the save you, heal you, give courage, give strength, and victory. Amen. Amen. Now let's just focus on this now for the next few minutes. We'll still get out on time. And I know all the jokes about you know when all the cows don't show up, you don't feed all the hay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna dump what I need to dump. It's up to you how much you want to eat. Now, the thing about it is, the word of God was once in God's word. And then it was in David's lips. Or Isaiah's lips. Or Jesus' lips. After Jesus left, It was the word of God in Paul's lips, Peter's lips, the disciples' lips. With his Holy Spirit in your life, you're as much of a disciple or a follower of Jesus as they are. Now, it is no longer God's word in Paul's lips. Can somebody say amen? Amen. No longer the word of God in Peter's lips. Don't get mad at me now. No longer the word of God in Brother Branham's lips. Come on. Now it's God's word in your lips. 
They are no longer the actors on the stage of life. You are. They spoke the word in their day, and you've got to speak the same word in your day. Are you with me? It's got to be God's word in your lips. Amen. Jesus believed God's word in his lips. Once it was God's word in Joshua's lips. God did not say, stop the sun. Hello. Joshua just took the authority from the word that was spoke. He said, God will be with me and I need God. So he just called God on the scene to stop the sun. Amen. Be strong and of good courage as I was with Moses. So shall I be with you. He saw Moses speak the word and frogs come. Speak the word and lights come. Come on. Speak the word and darkness came. Spoke the word again and light came. Somebody help me preach. Amen. The same thing. He did not... He did not even have a verse in the scripture to say, stop the sun now when you get out here. He had it in the word. He observed to do all that was written in the book. And if he called, Moses called on God in his hour, then Joshua was going to call on God in his hour. Amen. Amen. Moses was dead. Amen. But now Joshua was the living word and the one now to speak the word in his hour. Amen. Be strong and good courage. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Now listen, he wasn't trying to take Moses' place. It, 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 this, is where, this is where I get in trouble everywhere with these preachers around the country and people. Oh, you're trying to take Brother Bannon's place. I can't be the seventh angel. I don't, I'm not trying to be the seventh angel. He sounded his message. I'm not trying to be Elijah. Come on. Amen. Amen. But, but you know, if I could just say it to you, he wasn't trying to take Moses' place. And we're not here trying to take Brother Brandon's place. You know, that, that's a criticism they, they, you know, they took when Brother Ron preached, take it back. Well, some of them said, well, he's trying to take Brother Brandon's place. We're not trying to take Brother Brandon's place. Nobody can be Brother Branham. Nobody can be Elijah. Amen. Nobody actually can be anything except what God makes him to be. Amen. Man can of himself do nothing. We are not trying to go get the seven thunders because the seals are open and that removed the seals from the book. Are you with me? Amen. The thunders were revealed by the seventh angel and it don't need anybody else to go and reveal them. I don't need to reveal them. Nobody else needs to reveal them. They were the mysteries contained in the seven seals. Amen. God's voice has spoke out and the book is now open. Amen. And an open book is more powerful than a closed book. Can I get that to you this morning? An open book is more powerful than a closed book. Well, Brother Tim, we just don't have miracles today because we got true doctrine. 
Doctrine without miracles is false doctrine. Hello, somebody, and don't hang up on me even out there. Amen. Listen to what I got to say. Doctrines without miracles is false doctrine. It is not the doctrine of Jesus. Mark 1, 27, and they were amazed and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So with the doctrine of Jesus comes authority. Amen. A bunch of scribes have raised in, rose up as preachers of the message who don't know the power of God. You see, Joshua, he wasn't competing with Moses. Amen. Joshua knew Moses spoke and darkness settled over Egypt. But there was light in Goshen. He knew that they needed light to shine upon the enemy so they could finish the battle. And so he asked that the darkness hold back and light to shine to give light so that they could defeat their enemy. Is that right? Amen. Now he didn't think, how can this be? Do I really have the power to stop the sun? You know, people say today, well, it's not literal. It didn't really happen. I don't really care how it happened. Amen. Joshua commanded the sun to stop if he just stopped the rays of light. I don't know how it was extended. I just know light continued to shine. Amen. He didn't think, how can this be? Can I stop the sun? He needed light and he spoke it. He was fulfilling a commission. It defied understanding. It defied reasoning. But he believed in his words anyway. And it happened. I don't really care what science says. I don't care if they say it could stop. It can't stop. If it stopped, it wouldn't have been the sun because the earth goes around the sun. And so he stopped the rotation there. But if he stopped the rotation there, it dropped like a bullet down somewhere. You know, it, it, you know. And you can have all of your reasoning. Have all your reasoning you want. I don't care. The, the light was held on the enemy and the enemy was defeated. You go figure it out with your reasoning. I'm not going to reason the word of God. I'm just going to say it happened. It took place and it can take place again. Amen. Because God's word is still supreme. The one that said let there be light in the beginning is the one who says let there be light in the end time. He didn't think how can this be? Well some think I'm impersonating Moses. He was just fulfilling a commission. Do you understand your position? It's a position where faith dominates, where faith rules. Do you know you're standing with the Father? Amen. You, you know your privileges. And you know what you're standing as in, in the Father? He became, Jesus became your sin so you could become his righteousness. So who says you can't approach the throne of grace boldly? Because you're the righteousness of Christ. Amen. And now you act your part. You know your privileges. Now you act your part. Now that name is yours to use with all authority. And you dare use it as your own. It's my name to use. I was born in this family. 
I can use the name Pruitt because I was born in the Pruitt family. I can use the name Jesus legally and rightfully because I was born in his family. I have the authority to use his name. It was not a position I earned. It was a position given to me by redemption. That's why you can speak. That's why you can prophesy. That's why when you eat the book, you prophesy again. The Bible said you would prophesy. You would speak in his name. Amen. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Come on. Amen. Even as Adam prophesied and ruled by the word, he took dominion over the earth. Take the book, eat it, and prophesy again. Son of man, can these bones live? Lord, I don't know. Well, prophesy. Let it come out of your mouth and you'll see bones live. Can they come together? I don't know, Lord. Thou knowest. Well, prophesy and say to them, bone come together and bones come together one after another. And there was a mighty noise. Amen. And then he said, but prophesy to the winds. Amen. Let me prophesy to the Holy Spirit and speak to it this morning. Oh, wind of God. Amen. Come and fill the host. Come and fill every member of the church. Come and fill this body with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that there will be a mighty army that rises up to defeat their enemy. Hallelujah. Because why? Christ is in you by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The power is in you. The power isn't coming. The power is in you. Hallelujah. Forever we've heard people say the power's coming. The power's coming around the corner. I'm trying to tell you the power ain't coming. The power's already here. The power lays within you. Use what you got. So well, I don't have much. Well, what is it? What is it you got? Well, the name of Jesus. So that I don't look like much against this cancer. Oh, I don't know you know the power of that. So, well, uh, but you need a stone, okay? Let me take a stone. I am the Lord God that healeth all thy diseases. By his stripes I was healed. How many do you need? One stone will do it. One stone will do it. How many do you need? Only one stone, but I mean, get as many as you want. Fill your pockets up. Amen. But it's not going to do any good to you. Put it in the name of Jesus and let it loose. What I'm trying to get to you, you know, to whom, to who hath believed our report? Who, who believes that Jesus defeated the devil? Who believes that Satan is conquered? Who believes that the blood is sufficient? Do you believe it? Amen. Then if you believe it, then you say, who is that that comes as a Goliath? Well, he's an uncircumcised. He's not in the covenant. The devil you are facing has no covenant with God. He is defeated and he surrendered every right to you. And he has no covenant with God whatsoever. But you've got a covenant with God yourself. 
Amen. You can come. Who are you to find the armies of the living God? I'm taking just one rock and letting it loose. And if that ain't enough, I'll take another rock and let it loose. And devil, if you don't take that, I'll take another and let it loose. But I'm going to hit you with word after word after word. But I want to tell you one word is an atomic bomb. And why do we want to choose a 22 rifle on him when we got the atomic bomb of the word of God? Put it in your sling and let it loose. Amen. Go take back your inheritance. Tell that giant to get off your land. Get him off of your property. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. Amen. Oh my, we're not just trying to get you in a system of religious beliefs so that you can understand doctrines and they become your new creed. Not just, uh, not just faith, a firm belief so that you can embrace a new philosophy, a fundamental knowledge of Bible truth, but a living faith. The message was sent to vindicate the Bible, not replace it. But to prove that it's right. That's what the message was. It was to prove to you that the Bible is right. The seals were open to reveal or remove the mysteries off of his truths. To reveal Christ. To show us his nature and his attitude. The message shows us God's attitude toward the sick. That he desires to heal all diseases. The message shows us a dual atonement. Where that by his stripes you were healed and you are saved. But Brother Branham told us instead of tearing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We let science prove to her that the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. And instead of keeping divine healing going when she ought to be now. I want you to listen. Ought to be now raising the dead and doing great miracles. She's let Satan under his leadership of religious man take the word of God and try to say it was for another age. And she believes it. And I want to say, but not this church. Did you hear me? Not this church. We believe the message that shows us God's attitude toward the lost that he so desires to save to the uttermost. So much grace is so great upon him that he'll snatch them out of harm's way before the tribulation because his blood makes us perfect that they will need nothing else. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, do you want to prepare for the tribulation? I'll tell you how to do it. Amen. Prepare to escape. Amen. That's the real preparation for the tribulation. Prepare to leave from here. Amen. Get, 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 the, get, your, get your walking shoes on. Your faith shoes on. Amen. Get to walking in the promises of God. Being like Enoch. Amen. And walk with God. Oh, see somebody with me. Hallelujah. His mercy is so great upon us. That not only did he save and provide salvation for his bride, a rapture, but even for, for the foolish virgins who never even heard the message. 
be a multitude without number of them. Amen. That, that will give their life in the tribulation and be granted life at the, at the great white throne judgment. I'm talking about a God rich in mercy. I'm talking about a God of grace. I'm talking about a God who made provision. Not just for you, but even for your lost loved ones out there. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Even the Jews that didn't believe in Christ were granted white robes under the fifth seal. Did somebody hear me? Even 144,000 that didn't go into rapture get sealed by the Holy Ghost after the bride leaves. Because God is such a God rich in mercy. And a God so full of grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. How we ought to think his love and his grace is so great upon us then. Let me just come down to a close. I know I'm starting to work into overtime. But let's listen for a moment. Jesus used the word himself against the devil. He said it is written. He took what was wrote in the Bible, put it in his sling, and lobbed it against the devil. The devil comes another way. He takes another written word. Now, I'm trying to show you the value of the word. The word written on paper when taken in your lips. Jesus took what was written and he applied it to himself. And he defeated the devil with it. In fact, Jesus rose, Jesus went to the grave based on that scripture of David. That David said, I'll not leave his soul in hell, neither will I let my holy one see corruption. Jesus used the scriptures. He didn't say, well, now David really had his problems. And David... David, you know, had 500 wives, but he wanted Bathsheba. And David, oh, here's his faults. And now I don't know if I can believe in him because he was a man. He didn't look at that. He looked beyond the man and he saw God. Come on. And he saw David saying, I will not leave his soul in hell. Neither will I let my Holy One see corruption. And Jesus took that word and stood on that word. Then he went over there to type in the Bible. And he saw Jonah in the belly of the whale. Is that right? Amen. And Jonah was a backslidden prophet running from the presence of God. Come on somebody. And there he was running from God's presence. God swallowed by a fish. And and all of that. And and. And Jesus said, as Jonas was in the belly of the well, he didn't look to the prophet and see the prophet's mistake. Come on. He looked to the word. Now, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, you, you can look at the prophet and you can, people can pick apart his humanity and find mistakes with him. But I'm trying to tell you, our faith is not in a man. Our faith is in the, un, the unfailing body word of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Now listen, church, that's where our faith has got to set. Our faith rests on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let everything else give way. He is only my hope and stay. He is our absolute. And that's where we put our faith in. Hallelujah. So therefore we can rely then on what God made us. Hallelujah. We can stand right here in Satan's Eden with devils all around us. Oh, I wish I could preach now. When Adam stood there in a pristine world in God's Eden and there was no bad thoughts and there was no, no bad examples. No failures that went before him and no other, nothing else. He never had a negative thought, a negative problem. Amen. And he just used the word and said, let there be, and let there be, and let there be. But you're right now in Satan's Eden. And you are greater. Oh, let me say it. The Holy Ghost that's in you is greater than what was demonstrated in Adam. Because here every fiery dart of the devil is coming to you. You've got examples that failed. And people that come in your memory. You've got this against you and that against you. And everything else. And you're standing right there speaking the word. Speaking the word. Speaking the word. Speaking the word. Amen. Right here in God's own Eden. Over, I mean Satan's own Eden. Overcoming. Now. That's what gives God's pleasure when he looks right down in this age and he sees the people in spite of science, in spite of the world, in spite of man's opinion, in spite of other failures. Even though that this fire is seven times hotter than the other fires, we still believe Hallelujah, and it's to those who stay there believing that the fourth man will come right in their midst. Amen. And there won't be a smell of the smoke. There won't be a singe on their hair. There won't be nothing can harm you. Not even death. Because you are the sons of God and the sons of righteousness sent forth in this age as overcomers right here in Satan's Eden. And he wars against you with fiery darts. And you hold the shield of faith. And you sling back another promise. And you speak another word against it. And you blow him apart here. And you blow him apart there. And we blow apart cancer. We blow apart alopecia. We blow apart brain bleed and crippled condition and, and kidney condition. Come on. Amen. And no weapon. I don't care what weapon it is. Can prosper. That has been formed against you. Because this is your heritage. As the children of God. Stand together. And let's worship God together. Will you give him praise this morning. From the bottom of your heart. That's right. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Amen. Can you give him praise from your heart this morning? His arm of power is being revealed in those that believe in him. Do you believe his report? Do you believe his report this morning? Every sin he's conquered. 
Every sickness he's conquered. Bow your heads just for a moment. Let's talk to him. Let's just talk to him just a moment. Let's believe him with all our hearts right now. We should just reach out right now to him. Say, well, I've been backslidden. I've been away from God. That's okay. We're here for celebrations. We got our dancing shoes on. We're here to embrace any lost sinner, no matter where you've been. Hallelujah. Glory to God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your mighty name, Lord. Hallelujah. I met Timothy in the hall, Timothy Hall, just a little bit, a few days ago. Met him in the hall. I said, son, what in the world is going on with you? There's a smile on your face. You're sitting on the front row. There's a worship from your heart. What is going with you? He said, Brother Tim, I I slew a Goliath. Hallelujah. You know how that feels? Amen. He had a Goliath of tobacco that was holding back. It's gone. He's serving Jesus now. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. You don't have to serve that depression, that mind problem, that mental condition. You don't have to serve it any longer. Jesus paid the price that you could go free. The devil is defeated. I'm going to just tell you this message works. It's more than a theology. It's a transformation. It's his power to transform you. The power of transformation. Let me just tell you. When we see a young man come to the Lord, a sinner, didn't know Jesus, raised up in a terrible situation. But you see, Satan can't hide a predestinated seed. And I don't care what you've been through, Satan cannot do enough. Can I say it to you this morning? Satan ain't got enough to stop you. Maybe he tried drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or women or popularity. I don't care. He ain't got enough. He ain't got enough. He ain't got enough to keep you from a promise of God. Would there be just somebody say, raise your hand to God and say, Brother Tim, would you pray for me? As you pray today, will you pray for me? I need Jesus. Just raise your hand to him right here in the presence of God. Just allow him to move in your life. Make that surrender. I need you. Jesus. All that the Father has given me will come. Those that come to me I will in no wise cast out. 
You see the hands that was raised towards you. I'm helpless. I can't help them. Lord, they can call on me as a pastor. I'll pray for them. They can call on me as a friend. I'll pray for them. They can call on me as a minister of the gospel. I'll do my best to remember that person in prayer. Bring them before your throne of grace. But right now, every one of us can boldly go before the throne of grace. I go with them, Lord. There is power in unity. Two of, one of you shall chase a thousand. Two of you will chase ten thousand. If two or more are to agree together on earth, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Lord, we're agreeing together right now with every one of them for their need. They reached out to you. I pray you'll speak to them today. Every heart and every life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And may the enemy that's held them bound leave them now in Jesus' name. And they walk in victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will praise the Lord. Let's just sing that song. I I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Tomorrow brings what it has in store. I will praise the Lord. Sing it again to now. 